This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. We are at the winter meetings in Lake Buena Vista, Florida, the Swan and Dolphin Resort. Tim McMaster, uh, we are talking about the Mets with Anthony DiComo, our MLB.com Mets reporter. And, Anthony, you look at this Mets team, and you just got a chance to talk to Sandy Alderson. He had his uh, daily, I guess, during the winter meetings kind of session for the media. And you said it wasn't exactly one of those sessions where there's a ton of news or information, but what did you get out of it? Yeah, you know, the Mets are thinking along a very – clear line here. They have three areas that they consider significant areas of need. That is the bullpen, that is second base, and that is sort of this first base outfield hybrid that they want to come in and, and help in multiple areas. So, uh, you know, things always at these meetings, they seem like they're going slow and they seem like they're going slow until they're not, right? So we're, we're kind of sitting back and waiting and seeing where the Mets strike first. I do think it will be in either the bullpen or the second base area. And second base to me is is definitely intriguing because you're here at the winter meetings. And one of the things I asked Sandy Ellison is you look at the second base market and it's it's not very rich with free agent options, but it is rich with trade options. So here when you have 30 general managers and their whole front office teams in the same rooms, does that kind of cultivate the seeds for a trade? Uh, you know, Sandy Alderson didn't exactly say yes, but that doesn't mean it can't happen. Certainly they've had conversations with teams here and will continue to throughout the week. Yeah, I mean, it seems like every second baseman out there that, that could be a trade uh, option has been mentioned or rumored with the Mets. Guys like Ian Kinsler, uh, Kendrick, Jason Kipnis with the Indians. Uh, and once the Giancarlo Stanton trade went down and Starlin Castro went to the Marlins, sure. suddenly people made that immediate leap to, hey, maybe Starlin Castro could come back to New York. Sure. And on that side, you know he can play in New York. You know he's comfortable here. Um, but is that a direction where they would seriously consider going? I, I would doubt it. And yeah. I'm, I'm, they're going to consider everyone. Of trust course. me. They're going to consider every second baseman out there. I would dart, doubt St Starlin Castro uh, for the reason that he's never really been a great on-base guy. Um, he's never been a huge power guy, and those are things that the Mets really value in hitters. So uh, I, I think there are better matches out there. I think, um, you know, ideally they could maybe use someone with a little more versatility uh, in a perfect world. They don't necessarily need that, but it would help. Um, I think at the cost of what a Starlin Castro would get you, because his reputation is certainly high, uh, I just see them going in other directions. Uh, when you look at the bullpen, you mentioned that. Make sure you get your questions in. We're taking comments. We'll pass them along here to Anthony and get them answered as well. When you look at the bullpen, obviously the ninth inning is, is in good hands and continues to be um, when they want to fill that out. Is Addison Reed coming back a possibility? Here's a guy that obviously you trade at the deadline. You get something in return, and if you can bring him back, it's like a smaller scale situation of what the Yankees do with the role of Chapman. Yeah, I, th I think Addison Reed is definitely a possibility, and you look at the relief market, um, there, there's a couple of clear tiers to me. You've yeah. got that Wade Davis, Greg Holland tier up top, and the Mets 
are not going to be shopping in there. But that second tier, uh, you've seen a couple of guys go already, uh, but it still includes uh, Brian Shaw, who the Mets have been linked to extensively this winter. It still includes Addison Reed, who obviously the Mets are familiar with. And that's a tier where I could see the Mets shopping and really going after a guy who can get in that back end of the bullpen with Jiris Familia, with A.J. Ramos, with Jerry Blevins, and all of a sudden you got four guys back there. It puts them in a much better spot than they were at a year ago this time. And I think Sandy Ellison said something interesting yesterday. A year ago at this time, the Mets didn't have Jerry Blevins yet. Really, they had Reed back there under a guaranteed contract, and they had Jerry Familia, who was looking at a probable suspension, which did wind up happening. So they didn't have a lot of depth. This time, they have more. If they can get that reliever, they will have even more. But the first thing Alderson did when we got here at the winter meetings was caution that the Mets aren't going to go swimming necessarily in the deep end of the market. So we'll see you know, how much the dollars and cents make sense to the Mets. Obviously, they are on a budget this winter. They're not going to go nuts, but there is some inventory out there, and I think Addison Reed, as you said, is a name that would make a lot of sense. All right, so we've said a lot of names. How about a surprise name that we haven't heard at all in connection with the Mets that, I mean, lets you speculate a little bit that, that we could hear and, and would get people excited? Sure. Uh, you know, I think, when, and this is one who's, that, whose name has come up in the past couple of days, so not a huge surprise, um, but Josh Harrison of the Pirates, yeah. I think, would be a really interesting trade acquisition for the Mets. They obviously have a history of trading with the Pirates, Neil Walker, a couple of years ago at the winter meetings. Um, but he's a guy who fits. I was talking a little earlier about versatility. You could plug him in as your everyday second baseman, but you could also potentially use him in the outfield, which would free you up in that first base outfield acquisition you're also looking to make. Maybe make that a little easier. You don't have to go quite as big there. Uh, I just think he fills a lot of needs. He's obviously got some power. He can get on base. He can hit for average. He can play a little defense. So he does a lot of things well. Uh, I think of all the second base options out there, that to me is maybe the most intriguing, and I think it's one the Mets are going to pursue. The elephant in the room, so to speak, uh, with the Mets is, is obviously Matt Harvey. So we've heard a little bit of rumors with different teams, but what's kind of the latest on the Harvey situation with the Mets this offseason? Well, they're talking to teams about yeah. Matt Harvey, and I, I think it's interesting to gauge what Matt Harvey's value is because it, it's, it's never been lower. It's clearly never been lower, and yet teams are still interested because I think a lot of people realize that there is some upside there, and I think the Mets realize that there is some upside there. If he can be your number three starter, if he can give you 150 to 200 even okay innings, that's valuable, and that's valuable to a lot of big league teams. I'm skeptical that the Mets can ultimately strike a deal with anyone only because I think his value is so low that he's more valuable to the Mets than he is anywhere else. Right. I mean, if, if you trade him and he goes out and has a great year elsewhere, uh, of course that helps other teams, but the Mets need some depth in their rotation. They don't have a lot beyond Jacob deGrom or Noah Syndergaard, a lot that they can count on. Steven Matz has a huge injury history. Zach Wheeler has a huge injury history. Seth Lugo is pitching with a partially torn UCL on his elbow, and Robert Gesellman had a very uneven season yeah. last year. So if you trade away Matt Harvey, all of a sudden, you know, that depth that we've talked about for years with this Mets rotation doesn't look quite so hot anymore. I, I, I'm skeptical they'll get something done, but look, this is what the meetings are for. You meet with teams. Sometimes you get blown away by an offer that you didn't expect. It's certainly not impossible that Matt Harvey could be moved. And they can be patient with it because you can let him go out there, see how he does. Maybe he has a great half. In, and maybe, you know, the Mets are there and you have him and he helps you get to the postseason. If not, maybe at the trade deadline, something sure. uh, kind of establishes itself. All right. Carter wants to know, we need a veteran third baseman. How about Martin Prado? 
I don't see it for this reason. The Mets have been pretty vocal in saying that they want his dribble Cabrera to play third base, and, and the thought coming into the offseason was that Cabrera could play either second or third, but the Mets very much prefer him at third base and are looking to bring in a second baseman. And the inventory, as we talked about at second base, is such where you've got so many names out there that you could potentially bring in. I think the Mets are going to find a deal with a second baseman and Cabrera will play third. So I understand the thought. I think Prado's an intriguing player. I think there's a couple of intriguing players out there at third base. doesn't look like that's the direction the Mets are going. Tony, just a comment says upstate New York, central New York, I think, chiming in. Tony says, bring Tebow to Syracuse. Hey, we'll see. I'm not, I'm not going to make you talk on that. After what he did last year, I would not be surprised. Yeah. All Although right. it's going to be a couple of years before Syracuse is the, uh, the AAA. Right. So, One more year right. in Vegas. Okay. One more year. Yep. And then Shane and others, they, they want to know, what's the plan of catcher? The status quo. Yeah. You've got Travis Darno, You've got Kevin Powecki back there. Uh, you've got Tomas Nito, who came up as, as that third option will probably start in AAA, but the Mets are encouraged by what they saw from both guys down the stretch last year. They did both hit well down the stretch. They both played well defensively down the stretch, and I think the Mets feel like they hit on something with not having it be a Darno is the starter, Ploiecki is the second option. They really made it more of a timeshare, and yeah, Darno will catch more games than Ploiecki when all is said and done, but if that's something more like four games a week versus three games a week, I think they feel they can keep both guys fresh can go a long way towards keeping Darno healthy. He certainly has an injury history. And also, you know, getting Ploiecki's feet wet in the big leagues, which he has done at this point, it's a combination while, you know, maybe it's not going to really get people excited as, as one of the best in the game. It looks solid on yeah. paper, and, and it's definitely not one of the Mets' uh, core problems right now, I'll put it that way. All right, back to the rotation, and there's plenty of questions about the rotation. Dave wants to know, what can we realistically expect the rotation to look like at the end of March? which is opening day this year. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting question. It doesn't sound like the Mets are going to add any starting pitch. And this could change in January when, when the markets, you know, some guys fall and maybe you get a cheap depth option for your rotation. But assuming, as we talked about, the Mets don't trade Matt Harvey, you've got a clear one-two in the rotation and, and Jacob deGrom and Noah Syndergaard, however you want to line them up, that's two aces. Then you've got Matt Harvey, which is really the biggest wild card, in my opinion, in the mix. You have no idea what he's going to do, but if you can slide him in and call him a number three starter, there you go. Yeah. And then, I, you know, as for the rest, I, I think Steven Matz, as long as he can prove in spring training that he's healthy, I think I would probably put him right up there on talent-wise on the list, and, and he'll get a look and he'll be there. And looks, how long does he last injury-wise? I don't know. I don't think anyone can answer that, but he's still right there. Then you've got Zach Wheeler, Robert Gesellman, Seth Lugo for one spot, and it's going to be an interesting battle. It's going to be an interesting competition for these guys. Um, I don't think any of them can certainly walk into camp and say that I earned this job last year. They all had their issues, whether it be injury, whether it be performance. Let them go out. Let them compete. Uh, you know, it, it's an interesting situation for a Mets team that's been so starting pitching rich in recent years to go out and have a, a real good old-fashioned spring training battle for that yeah. fifth spot. It would be interesting to watch, and I think it's something we're going to watch. All right, you mentioned first base outfield, that kind of area, and we have a few questions, multiple people, including Wayne, who we're going to give credit to here. Uh, any more Jay Bruce talk? Yeah, look, they're going to be in on Jay Bruce, certainly. I think there's going to be a lot of teams in on Jay Bruce. This is the one area, this first base outfield hybrid that I talked about, that I think is going to take a little longer, a little deeper into the offseason because there is some inventory there, whether it's Bruce, whether it's Adam Lind, whether it's Logan Morrison. Um, 
say they go out and get Josh Harrison like we talked about at second base, maybe that makes the outfield requirement a little less so and you could look more at first baseman. So I think they're going to take their time with this one. But look, the Mets loved having Jay Bruce. He was a great player for them. Um, you know, he got that bad rap in 2016 when he, they traded for him and he struggled down the stretch. But really, it was one month. And then right. he came on strong in September. He had a great 2017 until he was traded. Um, continued to play well for the Indians after he was traded. Uh, certainly, there's going to be some interest there. The Mets have interest there. Jay Bruce has expressed some mutual interest. Does it get done? It's going to depend on the dollars and cents. He might wind up pricing himself out of the Mets market because of the season that he had and because there are some lesser options available on the market. But yeah, there, there's interest there for sure. One more question for you, and this one's another one that's coming from multiple people out there, and it's about Dom Smith. Obviously, there's a lot of excitement about the young Mets players, Ahmed Rosario at shortstop, Dom Smith at first base. Smith struggled a little bit in 2017. What's the confidence level for this Mets team, for him, what he can do next year? Yeah, I, I think Dom Smith got a little bit of a bad rap. At, you know, at the GM meetings last month, Sandy Alderson kind of said, well, he hasn't done enough to earn the 2017 job, and that's true, and he, he did not do enough down the stretch, and he said that himself at an appearance in New York last week. He said, I, I would expect mm -hmm. some criticism because I hit under 200, and I didn't prove that I'm the type of player that I want to be yet. But there's still a lot of long-term optimism in the organization about Dominic Smith, and that's why they're not going out and just getting a full-time first baseman. They don't want to block Dom Smith. If he needs more time, if he even needs to start the year in AAA, they'll do that and they'll start someone else at first base. But they don't want to block him long term. They don't want to even block him over the course of this summer because this is still a guy who rated as their second best prospect throughout last year, was a first round draft pick, very highly touted coming up through the system. There's a lot of potential there. The Mets are excited about what Dominic Smith can do. And I would be shocked if by the end of this season he is not playing every day at first base for the Mets. All right. Thank you, Anthony DeComo. Thank you for all the questions out there. That's going to do it. 